3: Hello, I'm Matt Shawley. This is the Red Box podcast featuring the best of my show on Times Radio, Monday to Thursday, 10 till 1. Uh, a patch show today. We talked to Carol Vorderman about uh, the environment. Uh, we talked to an Australian senator about why there should be freedom of movement between uh, Britain and Australia. But I've been getting down with the kids, or at least trying to, talking political TikTok why on earth any young person would join any political party, and the battle online uh, for the ideas of the future. So, uh, strap yourselves in. Uh, I'm getting down with the kids. Uh, This is how it went. TikTok. We've heard a lot about it. um, Donald Trump's not a big fan of it. Uh, it, it, (laughs) There were concerns about its ownership, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the actual content on it. Uh, A lot of the time, uh, if you've ever seen it, it just seems to be people dancing and um, jigging about uh, to music. However... Uh, There's also a whole part of it. uh, Political TikTok is what we're going to talk about. Young people with a passion for politics are apparently flocking to the platform to share their ideas and even talk through political philosophy. And a few of them even fancy themselves as future politicians. Let's take a listen to what political TikTok sounds like.
0: Gentrification is the process in which the character of a neighbourhood changes based on the influx of affluent residents. The process generally looks something like this. While on the surface it looks like it would be good for a community, gentrification is actually a massive problem for a number of reasons. The SNP, or the Scottish National Party, is decisively a social democrat party that campaigned for Scottish independence within the EU. The EU point wasn't massively important until recently for, uh, obvious reasons.
2: Blair's a super
0: controversial figure, especially on the left of the UK Labour Party. Ideologically, what Blair did is he moved the Labour Party from its traditional centre-left place to pretty much complete centre. This was known as New Labour or the Third Way.
3: Well, there we are. That was uh, some of the political uh, TikToks of uh, Ruby Klein, who we'll speak to in uh, just a moment. I should point out, my brother's just texted me saying, jigging about, how old are you? (laughs) That's my, uh, anyway, I was just trying to explain what people do uh, when they're on uh, TikTok. Uh, well, we're going to talk about um, this with, um, first of all, we've got a 17-year-old aspiring journalist and politics obsessive, Will Hunt, who decided he wanted to use the platform as well as Twitter to discover who he thinks might be Britain's next PM. Morning, Will. Morning, Matt. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. Nice to have you with us on Times Radio. So just explain, uh, first of
1: all, what you set out to do, and then we'll, um, we'll bring Ruby and Emily in. Yeah, of course. So, I've been obviously using social media a lot through the lockdown and through this period this year, and particularly uh, been using TikTok and Twitter. And what I was seeing increasingly more it was young people who were determined, convinced, passionate about politics, and really confident that they were going to go on to sort of become politicians in the future. So, what I set out to do is create a YouTube channel with my friend Wilfie, Will Hunt Investigates, to basically interview these young people try and understand sort of who they are so i interviewed sort of six from tiktok a couple from twitter and basically my aim was to find out why are they using the platforms that they do and why are they interested in becoming politicians in the future and you found uh two of them So says ruby klein and emily uh david who,
3: who are both uh both 17 uh let's bring them in are you there ruby uh yes hi morning uh thanks for joining us sometime are you there as well emily <coughs> Hi. Uh, yes, I am. So, uh, Ruby, we were just uh, listening to some of your TikTok videos, and I do appreciate that. That you know, TikTok is a visual medium, and uh, radio very much isn't. But it was, it gives us some sense of uh, your uh, TikTok videos. Quite often, a mixture of uh, you know, well-known music, but then sort of some pretty like heavy-going political philosophy. Just explain what you're—you're you're trying to do with that.
0: So at the beginning of lockdown, I felt for the first time in quite a while that I didn't know what was going on. And it was quite unfamiliar for me because I am a political person. I tend to read the news. I tend to know what's happening. And I thought if I feel lost and confused during this time, somebody who actively spends a lot of time every day making sure I know what's going on. Can you imagine what it feels like for people a bit younger, people who don't study politics, people who don't know what's going on, being told different things every single day? So I, I took that and I went, how can I reach an audience of people who will hopefully know a little bit more by the time they scroll past whatever I'm doing? And TikTok seemed like a good platform. I definitely use popular music because I think it makes things more fun and more engaging. Um, and I also think there's a big thing on TikTok about getting onto the For You page. Uh, you need to be able to get to people in order to engage with them
3: and you've got I mean you've got thousands of followers now on your uh page Ruby Does Politics on uh, TikTok what do you think has been uh, what's been your most successful uh video
0: ooh that's a good question i'm not sure by views <laughs> um i think possibly the video that really took off my account right at the beginning was a video in which i basically it was the period of time where people were saying Um, that Boris Johnson was actually handling this very well and criticisms of him were essentially invalid and people were using that as a way to shut down any criticism of the government. And I made a video basically saying, uh, it was me dancing to some music that I think has now been silenced, uh, essentially saying, if you think this is good, here are a number of things that could have perhaps been done better and therefore it is valid to criticize the government and it is never invalid to criticize the government. Uh, and that one really, I think at the time, it must have gained me about a thousand followers.
3: Well, that's interesting. When you said the, the, the music's now been silenced, is that, is that copyright? Does it get sort of bumped off?
0: Uh, I believe so. Oh, well, I'm not sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and just looking through your feed, so you've got sort of you know 5,000 people have watched a TikTok called "What Would uh, Bentham Say Is Morally Good." Another one: "What Would John Stuart Mill Do?" Uh, "What Is Gentrification?" "The UK in Productivity." These are you know one nation conservatism. These are big I, ideas that you're you're trying to tackle on uh, on on TikTok. Uh,
0: yes, I think it's it certainly. I've set myself up for an impossible challenge. I've set myself up to um give students who uh I I've set myself up to give a shallow level of information on a very, very in wide range of very very intense and deep topics. Um and people dedicate these their lives to these things. But my thought is my my kind of aim with these things is I'm not trying to make you an expert. I'm not trying to make every student feel like they can understand everything if they pick up a book by Rousseau. But my aim is more that if somebody says a word in conversation, I want a student to still be able to engage.
3: Yeah, know what they're uh, talking about. Let's bring Emily in. Uh, Emily, you're on Twitter rather than TikTok. Is that right?
2: Yes, I am. I tend to go towards Twitter rather than TikTok. I think it's a lot easier and to communicate to a wider reach of people than you would ever on TikTok.
3: And you're, uh, we should explain, so um, uh, you're a uh, young Conservative, you're the chairman of uh, Young Conservatives in South Durham, uh, and you help coordinate um, social um, media campaigns and so forth in the North. So what's it like being a young Tory on Twitter? Twitter not always the most forgiving uh, thing in the world.
2: Yeah, it's definitely not. It can be very hit and miss sometimes, but I feel like that's what's so good about it on TikTok. I don't know obviously how much people know about it, but on TikTok you will always see videos that are like the videos that you watch so it tends to turn into an echo chamber whereas on Twitter it kind of it doesn't do that as much in my opinion I feel like you're always open to criticism and it's a lot more you'll reach more professionals you'll reach a range of different people so it can develop your ideas and your beliefs a lot more than I feel like you can on TikTok.
3: Do you think that's a fair criticism Ruby?
0: I certainly think so. Um, I think one of my biggest difficulties that I've had to deal with, which is pretty much the same thing, is that I tend to get a very, very left-wing audience, which means if I'm talking about something that's not left-wing, uh, people will genuinely disengage. Um, so I try my best to sort of give both sides of the argument a sort of, here's the side you agree with, surprise attack, here's the thing you don't.
3: <laughs> and you, you've been involved in the Labour Party for a few years now. So uh, it is. It might, is it too simplistic to say that TikToks for for the left and Twitters for the right?
0: I think it's a little too simplistic. There is certainly a right wing audience on TikTok, and in fact, they regularly find my videos and hurl abuse <laughs> in the comments. Always oh yeah,
3: fun. oh yeah. Uh, I bet I, I bet they do. Well, let's let's bring Will back in because uh, obviously, Will, you sort of uh, kicked all, all of this off. What were you sort of, um, and you
1: you run a competition online, haven't you? So just explain what the competition was. Yeah. So basically. Uh, as I sort of said at the beginning, I sort of found people from TikTok, people from Twitter, all who sort of openly said they want to become politicians in the future and basically interviewed them because, you know, the people on TikTok are really, really interesting people um, like Ruby and also interesting on Twitter like Emily, sort of talking about these quite complicated um, concepts. And I just sort of wanted to understand sort of who they are as individuals, sort of why are they determined to sort of produce the content that they do, talk about the things that they do and sort of understand who they were as people, really. And and what um, is
3: the... So you asked to basically, you know, try to find a sort of future prime minister, if you like. Um, is that something that actually uh, interests you, actually going into politics, Emily?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's the eventual goal for everyone that wants to be a politician, really, isn't it? No one's going to turn down the top job. But I feel like going into politics, it's an opportunity to help people in a way that most people never really get the chance to so I don't really understand why anyone wouldn't want to get there whether it's through being a politician or through some other kind of job within the public sector but it's it's an amazing job I've seen so many people go on to be MPs I've spoken to so many and every single one of them is completely satisfied morally by the job so I don't get i love the idea of
3: it really not even the abuse that you know you get a bit of abuse already on twitter i mean the abuse that mps get is pretty grim i mean i I you know i get a fair amount of it on twitter myself but nothing like uh nothing like politicians that doesn't put you off
2: oh absolutely not i feel like you're always going to have people out to get you no matter what career and you could be A journalist, you can be on TV, you can do anything like that. And there's always going to be someone who's there ready to put you down. And if you let that stop you, you're going to miss out on so much that you could help with. So I don't, it doesn't stop me whatsoever.
3: And what's the current sort of situation like? Because obviously, uh, you know, uh, where you are in uh, County Durham, the Conservatives made big gains across the north. Uh, at the last election in in 2019 is uh, attitudes changing towards people who you know is it easier to come out and say you're a Tory now
2: oh absolutely I mean obviously being chairman of a young conservative branch I saw my members go from always being quite shy and not really many of them getting involved to after the last election you get so many people there ready ready to become activists and ready to really throw themselves into politics i feel attitudes definitely have changed and even just walking around on the streets whenever we're kind of out canvassing or leafleting while before you'd maybe get a couple of people kind of like say morning to you stuff like that now there really is so much positive engagement that just wasn't there before
3: and what drew you to the conservatives in particular
2: um i've always kind of had conservative beliefs so it's always been something that interests me. And it wasn't until about a year and a half ago that I actually kind of took the leap and joined the party because it just seemed like a really friendly atmosphere that I wasn't expecting it to be. I feel like you're always put off as a young person getting involved with politics, especially in the conservative party, because it's always kind of been demonstrated as maybe I don't use the word hostile, but it's always kind of been put off as because you're not 60 years old, white and male you're not going to fit in with the party. Whereas as soon as I realised that's not the case, I absolutely wanted to be a part of it.
3: If you like what you're hearing, you can listen to the whole of my Times Radio show. Either listen back on the Times Radio app or you can listen live Monday to Thursday 10 till 1. We'll have more on the episode after this. Um, is there, and uh, uh, I, don't, I don't mean to be rude, but is, is there a bit, uh, do people sometimes think it's a bit odd that you're 17 and involved in politics because it is seen as a sort of, uh, you know, something that maybe you do later in life? I suppose that's probably a question. Oh, I'll start with you, Emily, yeah.
2: No, definitely. it's It's something every single day that I kind of have to explain to people about <laughs> why I'm so passionate about politics. But once you kind of explain that politics is in every single day of life. Like, you can't do anything in life now without it either being made political or it already is political. Like, everything is set up through politics. And once people kind of get that and you can have a frank discussion with someone, whether they are Labour, whether they're Conservative, they kind of realise just how important being involved in politics that actually is, which I feel like a lot of the time young people don't realise. Uh,
3: and Will, you joined the Tory party when you were 14. That's, that's phenomenally young, yeah, isn't
1: very young. Yeah. I Well, it's a similar sort of situation to um, Emily, really. I've just always been interested in politics and I sort of wanted to get more involved, understand how it worked. And actually, I think Emily is right in saying that there is a big misunderstanding sort of what the young conservatives movement actually is, because it's not sort of Easton boys. It's more sort of people from all walks of life, all backgrounds. And I really think there's a big difference between your sort of local party association and your sort of national party because you know people from all walks of life getting involved wanting to make a difference understand people's concerns talk to them and i think that's really interesting to be a part of
3: Uh, and ruby um you've been involved in the labour party for a few years now obviously jeremy corbyn attracted lots of young people uh is kia does Keir starmer have quite the same jaw is Keir starmer a big hit on tiktok
0: uh i definitely think he is with some of the younger audience um definitely I, th- I think part of what I want to do is move away from the sort, the slight obsession there is um, in either party that we're talking about, um, about sort of personifying the leader, because that's not the most important part. Uh, I do think there is a cult of obsession around Jeremy Corbyn, um, and I'm not going to deny that, but it's at least something I'm trying to work uh the, my followers away from
3: <laughs> is it something you have to wean yourself off if you put a, uh, a sort of i love jeremy corbyn uh, video on tiktok do you basically get loads of love from it from other people who think the same
0: um is he still I a bit or or worn off of very loud hateful comments uh personally my opinions on jeremy corbyn are relatively nuanced because i try and make my uh i try and make my opinions based on manifestos so it doesn't really relate to the person and just in
3: terms of um, politicians on social media, uh, it's, it doesn't always sort of end particularly well. You know, David Cameron famously said too many tweets might make a word that I can't repeat on national radio, even though he thought he could. Uh, you know, and then you have uh, you know, eventually he ends up on Twitter, you know, with varying degrees of success. You've got various cabinet ministers sort of competing with each other on on Instagram. And Rishi Sunak's a big Instagram hit with his Strange fonts and and all that sort of stuff. It, it, is TikTok at the moment a relatively politician-free zone, and would it change if it suddenly you do suddenly get sort of mainstream cabinet ministers, or whatever, appearing on it? What do you think, Ruby? I th-
0: that's a really good that's a really interesting question. Um, I think certainly there will, and there already is um, politicians, political figures, and also corporate figures trying to benefit off TikTok.
3: Who's? I think is there that, anyone who's? Um, is there a politician who's particularly good on TikTok?
0: Um, I don't know his name, but there's one Republican candidate who's, well, he's possibly a Democrat. I think he's a senator. Um, he's very funny.
3: Oh, that's interesting, inter- because um, I was reading about, um, uh, how TikTok is actually a bigger thing politically in the US and the things called hype houses where people, you know, whether it's, um, uh, Republican or, or Democrat and, you know, it's basically where people who, who agree with each other sort of hang out with each other. Do you think that will be sort of exported to the UK by the time of the next
0: election? Well, I mean, there was already a Labour and a Conservative hype house. Admittedly, they didn't get the kind of following that America did, but America is admittedly bigger. <laughs> uh, I myself was in the Labour hype house. Uh, we had some issues with essentially spam reporting. But I think it it certainly will at some point. I think we can delay it as much as possible, because I think the kind of blatant vote for me's on social media is it, it, it sort of acts as an empty it, it's not, in my opinion, it's not constructive to anyone. You're not learning anything by saying, oh, yes, somebody in a video in front of me has told me I must vote for them and their audio is funny, so I'll vote for them.
3: Yeah, there's that sort of uh, disconnect. This is Matt, uh, Matt Shorty on Times Radio. Uh, we're talking about uh, political TikTok and politicians on social media and that sort of thing. Um, Emily, you're on Twitter rather than uh, on uh, TikTok. How do politicians do social media well? Uh, In order to sort of engage with you and and people your age,
2: um, I think you've got to it's about constructing it right because a lot of the time we do see politicians that can kind of get it wrong. I mean, there's no there's no hiding that whether it's from my party, whether it's from Ruby's party, it is it's a difficult thing to get correct. It's about maintaining the level of professionalism so that you can correctly inform and you can reach the right people without losing the professionalism that you also need to still be kind of respected as a politician. But I think a lot of the time, just being active, just showing everyday life and just kind of giving people that kind of insight into what it's actually like as being a politician goes down really well, especially with young people, because there's always kind of been that element of mystery about once they get elected, what do politicians actually do? And I feel like once we break that down and once we show what happens behind those closed doors once the elections have won it kind of opens up a whole new world so that we can learn a lot more about politicians as a person we can see what they're doing and the difference they're actually making and we can kind of break down that misconception of politicians do nothing (laughs)
3: going but going back a bit behind the scenes as to what they're up to whether it's in Westminster and the constituency that sort of thing um let me yeah, just definitely let me just ask you we can't have 317 year olds on the show and not talk about uh schools exams education um what are you what are your current plans and what have you made of of how the exams for Argo is is unfolded I'll start with you Will first of all
1: yeah I think um it's certainly been a stressful time and I haven't even been getting my results uh yeah I think it's I'm glad that they did make the U-turn for this year. I think there were a lot of students who seem to get unfair results that weren't reflected for the amount of work uh, that they've done. But because of the U-turn, I'm now a little bit nervous about sort of what my academic years, last academic year at school is going to be like next year because I'm sort of in year 12, so I've still got another year to go. And currently, I think we're sitting the exams, but anything could change. And I'm also a bit concerned about how university is going to work because obviously this year they're quite oversubscribed. Um, there's going to be a lot of people to taking deferred entry potentially. So yeah, it's <laughs> certainly a bit of a nervous time. It's possible that you could end up, you sit the exams, your
3: grades will be less good because of compared to this year and there'll be fewer places at university.
1: Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, it's it's certainly in some ways, I'm a, I completely understand how they had to do what they did this year. But in some ways, I'm almost a bit jealous that I'm not part of this year because next year, if I don't get the grades you know, I'm just going to have to sort of hope for the best. And, yeah, just hope that universities take it into consideration that the government continue to sort of not put sort of certain limits on the amount of students that universities can take and give them more freedom to give the students that have got places and would get offers in any normal year the chance to study at their at their university. And what are you hoping to study? Uh, something to do with politics, probably um, sort of human sciences, social sciences, That that sort of thing really interests me.
3: Uh, and what about you, Ruby? Are you? Uh, how have you felt as the exams uh, uh, for all unfolded, and and your prospects of doing exams next year?
0: I completely agree with Will. I think it's a very very difficult situation. Um, I uh, I go to a comprehensive uh, and a comprehensive that was almost going into special measures last year, so I was there on results day helping some of my friends and seeing them get grades that were two or three grades below what the school gave them was honestly heartbreaking and it it scares me that um and I know that um possibly uh my colleagues on this call will disagree with me but the current government scares me a lot with what will happen next year because if they didn't see the problem until after the results came out I worry about what they won't see until the exams happen next year.
3: And is that, do you, because obviously you're coming from a position of supporting the Labour Party, is your concern with the government one of sort of ideology or priority? They didn't see this as an issue uh, in schools or or just one of competence?
0: I think mostly one of competence. I do think um, part of it is the fact that austerity lasted as long as it did. Uh, I think that that is uh a great like the fact that teachers were stretching it to their absolute limits and have now suddenly been told you have to be able to perfectly predict every student or we're going to ca- we're going to call you down or we might call you down anyway um but i do think specifically in this case obviously it was such a difficult situation for the government and i completely understand that but even i i feel like there were better options or at least other options could have been considered
3: yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, it was. An, it was an impossibly difficult situation, made even more difficult um, <laughs> potentially by the decisions they made. What about you, Emily? As a seventeen-year-old as uh, member of the Tory party, how's that been navigating the last week or so?
2: See, I'm coming from a different perspective because I I sat my air levels this year. Well, I didn't sit the exams, but I received my air levels uh, okay. this year, and I. In the eyes of the government, I guess I was what the plan was. So the results that were predicted by my college were the results that I then got. I wasn't downgraded whatsoever. And I did come out really well. I got into my first choice university. So I, from my perspective, I saw the plan work. But then speaking to my friends on the same day, I do also understand where they're coming from and why the government's done the U-turn. It's completely unprecedented times. And in their situation, it hasn't worked for them. So it's kind of been 50-50. I know a lot of people that have done well out of it. And I also know people that haven't done so well. But I do sympathize for the year below because I do understand that a lot of people have deferred. So competition is going to be a lot harder for next year. But at the same time, obviously, I've seen my year group go through quite a lot. Yeah. So I do really understand why they'd want to be in that position. We're getting emails all the time saying we're not going to have a Freshers' Week, how classes are going to be structured differently. So I do understand why people are deferring. But I don't know if I'd necessarily blame the government for it, because, as I said, it's completely unprecedented. Like, we've never imagined this could ever happen. Like, eight months ago,
3: well, you know, I, don't, I was I don't, I was I don't, I don't think anyone could remember. Exams. Exactly. You were... <laughs> You are gearing up uh, to do your exams. Well, best of luck with um, what you're doing, uh, Emily. That's Emily Davitt there, uh, who's a a budding uh, Conservative MP, member of the Conservative Party, and uh, 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 uses Twitter to get the message out. We also spoke to Ruby Klein, uh, who uses uh, TikTok to post uh, videos from her perspective as being a a Labour Party supporter. We also spoke to uh, 17-year-old aspiring journalist and politics obsessive Will Hunt just to find out what young people are talking about politics are, are online uh, and on TikTok where of course you can um, listen to music and watch people jigging about uh, as i described it in the intro that's all we've got time for on this episode of the red box podcast uh, you can now listen back to my whole show on the times radio app where you can also now listen to all of the times podcasts including red box too make sure you subscribe and review at the Red Box Podcast, wherever you listen. But for now, for me, Matt Chorley, it's goodbye.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices.